Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Popping Perfectionism. We missed you. We did. Sorry we didn't get an episode out yesterday. Yeah. Or whenever you're going to listen to this. Or last week, actually. Oh, hee hee. It's been a hot second. We've had some technical difficulties. As you have seen in the past. (laughs) (laughs) If we have anyone here who listened to season one. Yeah. We are grateful you're still around because (laughs) our audio sucked. Yeah. It was not good, but it's all up from here. We've kind of figured it out. Yeah. It's working. Mm. I think we have divine help (laughs) guiding us. God's just like through our technical difficulties. Dumb girls. We have a lot of strengths, but tech is not garage band (laughs) and podcast equipment is not it for us. No, I have never cussed more in my life than when I'm using GarageBand. It's it makes me feel a little bit better, honestly, about myself because <laughs> I'm the swearer out of the <laughs> two of us, so I'm like, yeah. I really don't swear that often. No, I only really use doesn't. one swear word and I use it you know, I use when it necessary. when necessary. And GarageBand makes it necessary every day of my life. <laughs> like for some people it's sports or like when they're i don't know mad at someone or working out that's when they choose yeah. to swear but anna it's only garage, garage, <laughs> brand. garage anyway band. we figured it out hopefully the audio is great and yeah. we're grateful you're here because we have more amazing stuff to talk about yeah 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 so today we're talking about grace and perfectionism so our last mm-hmm. one was repentance and perfectionism and you might be thinking, okay, well, this is just going to be like a like a wash and repeat. Like we're talking about the same stuff. We're not. It we're is not. very different, and grace is very essential to this whole equation and narrative that we're talking about here. So the first question that we have to ask ourselves is, why don't we talk about grace? I know we like talk about grace, but I mean, let's be honest. The only time we do is when Brad Wilcox is talking about mm-hmm, grace. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's all again back to the whole checklist mindset or the conveyor yeah. belt mindset or the what's your next step? Are you doing everything right? Are you accomplishing all of these benchmarks? That or you're we supposed to be? like or we just talk about repentance or we just yeah. talk about the atonement, but we leave out grace. Yeah. And Christ like we talked about the atonement last our repentance episode and leaving him out of the equation. And I feel like leaving Christ's name out of the atonement is like leaving grace out of everything Yeah, because Jesus is grace. It's like his ultimate gift is grace. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, it, it really does differentiate us from other um, religions and churches because, um, because other, a lot of other religions like Christian faiths believe like you just have to have faith in Christ and you're saved right and you're done you just have to have you know Christ's grace makes up for everything so as long as you say you believe in Christ you can do whatever the heck else you want to because Christ's grace will cover it and mm-hmm. we're over here and we're like no we believe in faith and works which we do but I think that sometimes it's a little bit of an ego stroke because we think yeah we're the like we're actually putting in work to be like Christ and <coughs> that's why we give grace a bit of a back seat because mm-hmm. we go you know we don't need it and we really like to cling to this idea that we can save ourselves. Yeah. It's a very prideful way to look at things, but we really like that concept, right? That we somehow have this power capability to save ourselves and only if and when we can't, then grace comes in and mm-hmm. takes care of it. Um, 
and Alicia, I know you've talked about like American culture a lot and how that plays yeah. into this and like what that looks like here. Yeah, I think we have a very individualistic culture and like in America, you work for everything. You can build your life to whatever the American dream, like you get what you want when you work hard you can accomplish anything the whole I deserve if I work I get this and this and this and I feel like that translates to our relationship with God like we work for our salvation if we get there it's because I earned it I deserve that I built that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so I think that people either feel entitled to grace because they did all these things and it's I deserve it or they struggle to accept grace because they don't understand that it's there for us to use It's just like you have to do everything on your own and build your life up on your own like Americans do, America. (laughs) But that's that's not like that's not it at all. And I think there's something beautiful about other faiths understanding grace so well and understanding faith so well. It's just like we just believe in Jesus and his grace saves us. And I, I love that. And so I think in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we try to differentiate so much like Anna just said, where it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of saves us, but you have to do stuff. Like faith is action oriented. You don't just believe in Christ. Our faith leads us to do something. But I think sometimes we swing so far. It's where it's like, I saved myself. Like I deserve this and that because I went to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I got Mm -hmm. baptized. I did this and that, but grace is there every single step of the way yeah and the i mean the commandments and like the commandments we have and the covenants we've made and things that god asks us to do i think we need to remember that those things aren't there for us to merit ourselves that's it's not like this formula god gave where he goes if you do x y and z then you'll be good to go and as long as you do this uh, we've talked a lot about how perfectionism paints god as very transactional and how that's not how he is and that's not how his church is and Um, and and I think that when we approach God like that, it makes him a very two dimensional person in our lives. And in addition to that, he asks us to do those things so that we can be happy, not to merit ourselves. He asks us to go to church every week and to keep the word of wisdom and to keep the law of chastity and paratithing so that we can be happier while trying to navigate mortal life, not to save ourselves from mortal life if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense um so let's talk about the definition of grace i love just words and researching words and what they mean and digging into them so when i google the word grace it says it's like elegance um, refinement poise charm blah 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 courteous polite good manners whatever but here's the thing i love Um, The verb to grace is to do honor or credit to by one's presence. And similar words are to dignify, to honor, favor, enhance, magnify, glorify, elevate. I love all of those words. Like God graces us just with his presence and just with our presence, just by Mm -hmm. being there. He elevates us. He magnifies us and he can glorify you just by existing. Yeah, it's intrinsic. Yeah. We don't have to do anything to earn it. No, you don't do anything. Like he just exists. You exist. And I think you have to like maybe step into his presence or accept it to be enhanced or magnified. Anyway, I love that. But 
I want to dig into this idea that grace is a gift. When you look at, um, let me pull it up, in gospel topics, the definition of grace, it says that grace is divine help or strength extended to us through Jesus Christ. Um, It says that grace is an enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. But my favorite, it says, is grace is a gift from our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's a gift. And something that I started thinking about was just like receiving gifts and presents on like Christmas or our birthdays. And then it made me think of this birthday analogy. Like, why do we even get gifts on our birthday? We did nothing. It's true. We just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I don't need to, Well, I'm actually going to get into details. Okay. <laughs> if anyone should get a gift on our birthday, it's our moms, right? Yeah. Like they carried us for nine months and then they pushed us out of them <laughs> through their birth canal <laughs> or they had like a c-section or whatever like however we got there they went through so much to get us there and all we did was slip out all <laughs> slimy and gross and bloody and we just start crying and then on that day everyone gives us presents forever <laughs> literally why it makes no sense to me so true like it's it makes no sense that's so true the moms went through the blood the sweat the tears all of those gory details and we are the ones that get presents us yeah just for being born like yeah and it made me think of christ right like he bled for us he sweat for us he cried for us he did all of those things he died for us but we are the ones that get a gift we get grace we get grace we get him he gave all of himself to us and we are the ones that gift get this gift of grace but we struggle so hard to accept it Mm -hmm. but on my birthday i'm like here's my venmo like give me (laughs) give me all of the gifts give me all like whatever you want to give me (laughs) like i'm someone that totally milks my birthday like my Mm -hmm. birthday week Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. it's my birthday week my siblings can't be mean to me yeah but like we don't use grace like that we don't access our savior as a gift like that because why like I don't know I guess we struggle to accept it I know I do yeah I think I get in the perfectionist mindset where it's like I need to do this on my own he expects me to do it on my own yes but I don't have to and you also when you're accepting grace you're also accepting that you're flawed you can't accept grace and accept that you've messed up or you're not or you need help good enough or that you need help or Mm -hmm. yeah whatever it is so that also plays a part it just makes me think a lot about humility. Like it takes so much humility to be able to accept grace Mm, and even like accepting compliments. Right. It's so funny to me to watch some people cringe so hard (laughs) and they can't be just like, thank you. That meant a lot to me. Like I needed to hear that Mm -hmm. or you're so kind or even just say, just saying thank you. Next time someone gives you a compliment, say thank you and smile. Yeah. You don't have to give anything back. That goes back to the transactional way of yes, thought. Yes. Or like when someone, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm just going on this right now about <laughs> accepting gifts. When someone at dinner is like, hey, I'll pay for the meal. It's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. No, really. Let me pay. No, really. It's let this me. whole big it's thing. It's this whole ordeal. Just so like, dramatic. Hey, thank you. Like, yeah. why do we struggle? I don't know. Just I accept think, it. I think sometimes, wow, we're getting really psychological here. This 
is a tangent, but I feel like people need to hear this. I think part of it is because we project onto other people. And most of the time we're like, no one's perfect at holding boundaries, right? No one's like perfect at that. And so we project that knowledge that we're not perfect at that onto other people. And so like, for instance, if someone says, oh, I'm going to pay for dinner in my mind, I know I'm sometimes bad at setting boundaries and sometimes I offer to do things I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, they don't actually want to do that. They're just saying that to be nice. So now I need to like help them oh out my gosh. and like come. And so I think we just need to stop taking responsibility for other people's emotions and actions and letting them like and drawing that boundary and letting them draw boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, and like letting them do what they're going to do. And you're not yeah. you. It's not your job to make sure that they're okay or they're setting their own boundaries so anyway that allow like allow christ to elevate you yeah allow him to magnify you to enhance you to make you better through his gift of grace just let it happen and humble yourself and accept that you are better with him you're so much better with him Mm -hmm. and you can't be the best you without him at all yeah seriously so accept it yeah, Please. seriously. And my, I'm like talking to myself right now. I'm like, Lisha, <laughs> learn how to accept it. But anyway. And a big part of grace, like we've said, is grace is a hard concept for people because I- it's it's hard to take weight off of all of these things that we've put so much emphasis on in the church. I had someone really close to me who came home early from their mission recently, and he expressed to me that one of the biggest concerns he had was was that because he didn't serve a mission, he's not going to meet the person he was supposed to marry. Or if he does meet her, he's not going to be as good of a husband as he could have been because he didn't serve a full-time mission. And he was really stressed out about this. And grace works in moments like that. And we're not even, I mean, this person in my life, like he, I think he made the right decision in coming home, right? It was the best decision mm-hmm. for him and his mental health and everything. And, and God's not going to sit there and deny this person these blessings because they went through the process of making this really hard decision and went through all the effort of getting onto a mission and then all of the turmoil that got him to the decision of leaving the mission. And, and that's when grace comes in. And I think so often we give our mistakes or our shortcomings or not even wrong decisions, just, just decisions that we make. We give them more weight than God. And nothing is bigger than God. No mistake is bigger than God. No decision is bigger than God. No shortcoming or flaw is bigger than God. And um, I, I told my friend that. I said, I said, don't give your mission more power than you give God. Mm-hmm. God's not going to be held back because of your mission. He's God. Mm-hmm. True. Right? God's True. not going to be held back because of your flaws and your mistakes. He's God. A- and so just remembering that that's that's the whole point. And I love in the scriptures, so in the Corinthians, it talks about grace and the line, uh, classic line is, my grace is sufficient for thee. And I think it's really interesting that that verse doesn't say your works are sufficient for thee or your obedience is sufficient for thee or marking off all of the checklists is going to be sufficient for you. It's his grace is what makes us and everything sufficient or enough. Mm -hmm. Amen. Like, that's what it is. And that's why he said it that way. That way. That's why he said, my grace is sufficient. Because he, it, that's what fills the gaps. We can't fill those gaps on our own. Right. And I think in the moment of coming home early from a mission, like, grace isn't like, oh, I forgive you. And even though you did that, we can still make you better. Mm-hmm. But grace is, like, 
comforting you in that moment and giving you the strength to come home early, that person, right? Yeah. Or giving you the strength to make the decision that is so hard. It's making you stronger. It's elevating you. It's not just, oh, I forgive you. Like, eh, I guess I can still work with you. Yeah. You know? It's like, we'll see what we can we'll do with what, what we've got. We're like, oh, we'll make it work, I guess, because I'm like, you know, I'm so gracious. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll see what we can do with you. Yeah. It's like, no, it's okay. Like, this will make you stronger. I will make you stronger. Mm-hmm. I will lift you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be okay. Yeah. So I'm proud of that person for coming home. Yeah. We're going to talk about missions in a future episode. We are. It's going to be really good because I think just to give a little preview to that, there's so much about missions we don't talk about mm-hmm. and there's so many elements of missions that we kind of hide away yeah. or that we wrongfully put on a we're still coughing our heads I know, off. We're still <laughs> sick. <laughs> if I breathe in too fast, my body's like, nope. Um, we put missions on a pedestal when we shouldn't. We put RMs on a pedestal. So mm-hmm, there's a lot of mm-hmm, elements mm-hmm. to that that play into that and that play into shame and perfectionism. So look out for the episode. It's yep. gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Totally. Um Okay. So Brad Wilcox, if I like I wish I had a connection to him that we could just have him on this episode. I know. But we all know he is so good at explaining grace. And he's like dedicated so much of his life to studying grace. Um, I was listening to a podcast that he was on. I think it's called. Um, I don't even know why I try and pretend to know these things off the top of my head. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me just look it up really quick. Everyone should go listen to it. They just talk about come follow me every week. It's called follow him and it's by Hank Smith and John, by the way. So they had Brad Wilcox come and guest on it. What a and power trio. I know. Seriously. It was a while ago. I can't remember how long it was, but anyway, this is what he said. And it hit my, like, core. It hit me to my core, for real. He said, grace is not the reward for perfection. It is the source of perfection. And I love that so much because, in my mind, grace is a reward. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, like, you historically, it. it has been. It's like, yeah. I get that when I'm enough. Yes. I will get that when I've reached yes. the benchmark. I'll get that when I've barely touched that line that God expects me to hit. But no, mm-hmm. grace is the thing that picks you up from the bottom and gets you there. It's something you need every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. So remember, it's not the reward. It is the source of perfection, which we will not reach in this life. So just <laughs> hang on to grace and it'll carry us somewhere. <laughs> but um, he, his brother Wilcox also spoke in this last general conference. And I thought about it a lot actually after recording our last episode about repentance Mm -hmm. and repentance and grace really go so well together. So I think it's nice that we do these back to back. But anyway, this is what he said in the talk. He says his grace is not just a prize for the worthy. It is the divine assistance that he gives us to help us become worthy. It's not just a reward for the righteous. It is the endowment of strength that he gives us to help us become righteous. We are not just walking toward God and Christ. We are walking with them. Mm. And I love that so much. Like it just makes me so, it fills me with so much hope and happiness to know that like, it's not something 
that I'm going to get eventually. It's something I can have right now, literally right now. Yeah. If I humble myself and accept it and use it and like rely on Jesus every single day, it's something that's there, right there that we just have to hold on to. Mm hmm. Yeah. But we instead choose to just like crawl by ourselves. Like I can do this. Yeah. Like bruised and beaten up. And it's like, no, 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 please don't help me. I'm fine. Like I will get there eventually. Yeah. He's like, are are you sure? Like I'm right here Mm -hmm. and we can use him and he will give us. I love that endowment of strength. He says like, it's not a reward for the people that are righteous and are doing everything that they should. (laughs) Like, it's not something that just they get. It's something that we all need to become righteous yes 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 in the name of jesus christ amen i love snaps snaps snaps. all it was all our brother brad thank you brad thank you brad everyone please go listen to that talk i feel like he says that so much better than i just did so no you did great you did great well i literally just read what he said (laughs) that's why you did great just kidding (laughs) thank you (laughs) um and with that perfectionism but besides besides just saying that like oh we have to do on our own and everything perfectionism tells us that our worth is hinged on how much we can do on our own that you are more worthy or valuable if you can do more on your own Mm -hmm. which is so dangerous and wrong because that's not how it is and then all of a sudden your your intrinsic identity as a child of god is suddenly reduced down to how much you can do by yourself. Yeah. And then when you inevitably mess up because you will, it's like, I'm not worthy. I am not this and this because it's so hinged on your work. Yes. And you start tallying all of the things that you can't handle on your own, whether it's being a new mom or being a good employee at your job, getting a new job, or you've been at your job for a while and you suck at it sometimes or yeah, you're not good at relational dynamics or there's, there's so many things where perfectionism says, okay, if you can't do this perfectly, not, not, not even just perfectly, but perfectly the first time let's mention that, but also just in general, if you can't do this perfectly, your worth is directly tied to this and how attractive or valuable or loved you are is directly tied to this. And, um, that's just not how it is. And that's not how the atonement of Jesus Christ works. And that's not how, that's just not how any of it works. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read this quote from Elder Uchtdorf. So we uh. quoted my friend Jeremy Carter in a couple episodes ago, me, the last one. He Have sent I met me, Jeremy? I don't think you've met Jeremy. Everyone should meet Jeremy. Jeremy. He's a great guy. I went to college with him and Where he's he phenomenal. Know? I think in Orem, Utah. Wow. How so. does he know all these things? I don't know. He's amazing. He sent me so many quotes. Thanks, and this Jeremy. was one of them. Yeah, he's phenomenal. So he said, so El- Elder Uchtdorf said, there is no threshold of perfection you must attain in order to qualify for God's grace. Your prayers do not have to be loud or eloquent or grammatically correct in order to reach heaven. He went on to say, Joseph Smith was quite young when he received his revelations. Most of them came before he was 30 years old. He lacked experience and to some people probably seemed underqualified to be the Lord's prophet. And yet the Lord called him anyway, following a pattern we find throughout the Holy Scriptures. God didn't wait to find a perfect person to restore his gospel. If he had, he would still be waiting. Yes. Isn't that good? I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I mean, it's el- it is Elder Uchtdorf. So. Oh, yeah, duh. You just said that. He. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but yeah, Jeremy sent me that quote. So, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, sent it over. But 
I, I just, I think we put these qualifiers on ourselves that God doesn't even put us on us. We, no. we so often hold ourselves to a higher standard than even God holds us we to. We like disqualify ourselves. And God's like, bruh, you're good, <laughs> dude. Like you're good to go. And we're like, you, you're like, you don't no, understand. You don't want me. <laughs> I know you know me better than I know me, but you don't understand. But you don't get it. You don't get it. I'm not, not okay. Not what you think I am. Yeah. When we're literally, we are what he thinks we are because he knows us better than we know ourselves. So, um, don't let perfectionism do that. Don't let perfectionism take away your self worth or your value. Don't let it cut you off at the knees because God wants to help you stand up and, and take strides with him. So, yeah. And I feel like we should talk about how accepting grace can like intensify connectionism for us. Oh yes. Alicia, thank you. Yes. Because when you're accepting grace, you're not only accepting that you're imperfect, you're accepting other people are imperfect and need grace. Mm -hmm. And we've said this multiple times, you can't connect with perfect. It's impossible. Perfect looks pretty. Perfect looks shiny. It's nice to look at. But you can't connect to something that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is ironic because Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are perfect, but we're able to connect with them through the atonement of Jesus Christ because he went through all the imperfect moments and characteristics that we have. Yeah. Um, But when we allow grace into our lives and into our hearts and our daily interactions, we so much more easily can connect with other people and we switch to this mindset of connectionism. Um, Alicia and I were talking this week about the concept of connectionism because that's our whole, you know, that's our whole deal, right? So when we talk about connectionism, this again, this is a, a term that Alicia and I have, have coined as an antithesis to perfectionism. And our goal is to turn you from perfectionists to connectionists. Yes. And our kind of not really definition, but explanation of connectionism is while perfectionism values excellence achieved without mistakes, connectionism recognizes the need for mistakes. While perfectionism values a flawless outward image, connectionism reminds us that our flaws don't define our identity. While perfectionism shuns vulnerability, connectionism embraces vulnerability, awkward moments, failure, shame, and insecurity. When we cultivate connectionism, we realize that these things which are often seen as negative can strengthen our relationships rather than damage them. Mm-hmm. Which plays perfectly with grace, right? Because grace is accepting that you have these insecurities and these flaws, awkward moments, failures, and embracing those and embracing your full true self with them. Yeah. And they, once we do that, it allows us to connect with our savior. It allows us to connect with our fellow brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. It allows us to be happy. Yes. (laughs) To drop all these expectations, to avoid the two dimensions of perfectionism being self-criticism and unrealistic expectations. Connectionism is the cure. Just kidding. Jesus is the cure. (laughs) And connectionism allows us to come closer to him and to let go of that chain that perfectionism like is on our ankles, you know? Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. So we, we see this a lot in scriptures. There's a lot of scriptural examples of this. Um, one of them, you know, when Nephi is building a ship when he didn't know how to. Similar to what uh, Elder Uchtdorf said about Joseph starting a church when he didn't know how to. The Lord led him step by step. Um, another example of this is the brother of Jared, right? When he needed to light the barges. I love that the Lord didn't just tell him what to do. 
he said, Jared, like you give me what you've got and I'll work with it. Mm-hmm. Cause the brother of Jared could have picked any solution and God would have worked with it for sure. Right. He, he could have picked anything and he picked, he grabbed these stones and was like, okay, God, I do your thing. And God was like, okay, I'm all right. I'm here for it. Mm. And so perfectionism can be very paralyzing because we think we have to take the right step. We think we have to take the perfect step. And if we don't take the perfect or right step, we've ruined everything. But the key is that God loves movement. He doesn't love perfect movement. Mm-hmm. He doesn't love right movement. Obviously, he likes when we're moving in the right he likes direction. Good good. He likes good movement, but it's not the only way to move or the perfect movement. He, he just likes movement. He likes effort. Yeah. And so when we're being brother of Jared, right, and we've got problems in front of us, usually those problems are ourselves and we're trying to, you know, get out of our own way. As long as we're coming to God with these solutions and we're showing him that we're making some kind of stride, some kind of movements, he's going to work with what we give him. Mm-hmm. He's going to make it better than we ever thought. Right. And it's so much easier to make choices when we do rely and trust in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think we've mentioned this before, but dropping the idea that there are good and bad choices yes and that there are just choices life is just about making choices Mm -hmm. what am I gonna wear today am I gonna run that red light I was just walking through my day you know (laughs) on my way to work (laughs) what am I gonna say like to my coworkers? how am I gonna handle this conflict what am I gonna eat for lunch am I gonna pray today am I gonna read my scriptures today like these are all choices that we make and there are you know I like the good better best idea Mm -hmm. like there are good choices there are best choices there are better whatever we want to say but when you rely on christ and help him make like help rely what am i saying (laughs) have him help you make these choices or just trust that he is with you trust that he can take whatever choices you're making and make it good yes yeah and i think often we get hung up on making the best choice right like that good better best mentality because obviously there are choices that are better reading your scriptures Best, is a better yeah. it's the best choice rather than not but we think that in order for it to be the best choice we have to do it perfectly it's not oh I, I can read my scriptures it's I have to read for a half hour straight I have to take all these notes or it's not like oh I I'm gonna go serve my neighbor and that's you know the best thing I could be doing with my time it's like no I have to go fix their problem for them mm-hmm. I can't just listen to my friend who's going through a hard time I have to fix it for them and that's the best choice And we just, again, perfectionism is so paralyzing because it convinces you that if you're not making the best perfect choice, that you're not, it's not even worth doing. Yeah. And God can't, I love the quote where it says, God can't steer a ship that's docked or something like that. What is it? Yeah. Something like that. Something like, uh, like a ship that's not like God can't steer a still ship that is horrible that's not what it is i'm with you something like like, he can't steer a (laughs) ship that's not moving basically so or like even if he were to if you're like sitting in a boat and you're steering it if it's not moving it's not going anywhere yeah 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 even like you you can sit like you can be in a car and move the steering wheel but if it's not moving it's not going anywhere it's not gonna turn right or left or anything until you hit the gas on that sucker. Yeah, and it can be really scary to make that first move and make that first movement because, again, when we come back to the basics of perfectionism, perfectionism doesn't want anyone to see that you have flaws or that you're not perfect. And so often we're making those first movements in moments where we're not sure what to do or we've never done something before. More often than not, it's not going to be the best move. 
It's just mm-hmm. going to be a good move or hopefully a, a move. Good move or yeah. a move. And so no wonder perfectionism is so paralyzing because it tells you like, oh, you know, I it's not 100% guaranteed this is the best move, so we're just not going to do anything. And then God's up there and he's like, bruh, I just, I need you to just inch forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we're convinced we can't because we can't guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. Right. And I think sometimes too, I don't know if this is like on the grace vein, but kind of just what you were saying. We want to erase things that we did in our past. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I wish I, like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, with the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can erase it all and just start over. But I think um, something that's so cool is that our, like, mistakes or whatever turns we take, whatever we want to call it, like, that is part of our story. And that's part of, like, the hero's story, right? Like, a story is so boring or a movie if there's no downfall if there's like no nothing bad ever happens to the Mm -hmm. main character or they never mess up or whatever and that's what can make christ the hero of our story is allowing him to like take all those mistakes or wrong turns that we make or whatever bumps in the road and make it into this like glorious story yeah like he does that we don't need to erase anything because it's all part of the story like trusting in him and knowing that he can make it into the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. Even when you hit all these bumps or mess up. Like once again, don't let, don't give these wrong turns or these bumps in the road more power than God. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, as God is the author of our stories, he's not going to see that and be like, oh, the plot's ruined. Right. I can't work with this. He, he can work with it. He's going to make it great. For sure. So we're going to jump back on this grace train here. And one of my other favorite talks in the whole planet Earth is The Laborers in the Vineyard. It's from Elder Holland in April of 2012. And he gives this whole parable of like a master of the vineyard and there's people who need work. And he hires someone in the morning and promises them this much money if they work that day. And they're like, awesome. So they work and then he hires someone the next hour and then the next hour and then at noon. And he's promising them all the same wage. And they all agree to it. And the story goes on, whatever. He hires someone literally in the last hour and gives them the same wage, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that this story... So, okay, Elder Holland basically says that you could see the, the laborers who were hired in the morning being, like, upset. Salty. They're like, uh... I'm sorry, I worked all day long, I'm sweating, I did this and this and this, and you're going to pay them just as much as you paid me, and they just got here, or they Mm -hmm. worked for like three hours less than me, or whatever we want to say, and Elder Holland just humbles you so hard, because there's this one line I love, that he says he could see the master of the vineyard saying, why should you be jealous, because I choose to be kind. Oof, so good. And it's so true, like, God just blesses and gives grace to all of us. It's a gift that he's giving, and we choose to be jealous or upset if someone else gets blessed or someone else gets grace. And I think members in Utah have the mindset of the laborers who got hired in the morning, first shift, because we were born into this church, most of us. Mm -hmm. Like, we were born here. We've been here since we were tiny. We've been working We've been living all these commandments all our lives, and you're telling me 
that if someone chooses to join in the very last hour, they're going to get the same blessings as me? Yeah. Like, they're going to get saved, too, or they'll get exalted, too? Like, I've been doing all this stuff my whole life, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But that's, like, the most beautiful part of the message to me is that we have a God that is so kind and so gracious. And Elder Holland says, be kind and be grateful that God is kind. It is a happy way to live. Oh, love that. I love that so much. And I'm so grateful that I believe in a God who will hire people at the very last hour, the very last minute and bless them in ways that they never expected. Yeah, because how often do we have our own last hours and last minutes, right? All the time. Where we've messed up bad and it feels like we're in this desperate moment and God's like, I got you, boo. And also, like, again, reframing the church and and the things that we've done, once again, viewing it as what I did just as, like, I did 10 times the amount of work as that person. We all get the same outcome. Remembering that that work you're doing is here to make us happy. Like, sure, you've spent, you know, X amount of hours fulfilling your callings in church and you've spent X amount of dollars on tithing and you've done all of these things. But those things are there for you to have a happy life. And and I know a lot of people are like, I I heard once in church when I was when I was a teenager, one of the boys in my class in Sunday school was like, we were talking about this talk and and, um, or, or something similar. And he said, he said, so you're telling me like someone could could know what it feels like to to get drunk and to get high and go partying and have sex all the time and they get to experience all of that and then and then if at 45 years old they find the church then then what they got to do all that and I didn't Mm -hmm. and I think it's just remembering that the way God has asked us to live is not restrictive it's actually freeing like yeah people get to party and drink and get high and have sex but think about the downfall from all of those things mm-hmm. and think about the negative side of all of those things and um sure they don't have to pay tithing but we get to pay tithing we get to give part of our income back to god and pay not even be able to pay him back but we get to contribute to the the efforts that the church does for those in need like all of these things all of this work that we're doing is actually a blessing and actually a privilege and sometimes it's hard to see it that way. But if we think about it that way, then it, it suddenly turns from what they get the same blessings as me uh, to I'm so glad they're finally here. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, it's not a competition yeah. for salvation. It's not a competition. There's not like only so many spots. There's yeah. room for literally everybody. It, it's, and it's yeah. so dumb that we make it this like dumb little petty competition or like Mm -hmm. why do they get like we sound like little children Mm -hmm. fighting because we are (laughs) yeah no seriously are and there's this um i'm gonna read some of the closing of his talk it says this parable like all parables is not really about laborers or wages any more than the others are about sheep and goats this is a story about god's goodness his patience and forgiveness and the atonement of the lord jesus christ It is a story about generosity and compassion. It is a story about grace. It underscores the thought I heard many years ago that surely the thing God enjoys the most about being God is the thrill of being merciful, especially to those who don't expect it and often feel they do not deserve it. And then he said, like, if you listening right now are one of those people who feel they don't deserve it, This is, I love, love, love this. 
I know I feel that way sometimes. So he says, I don't know who in this vast audience today may need to hear the message of forgiveness inherent in this parable. But however late you think you are, however many chances you think you've missed, however many mistakes you feel you've made or talents you don't think you have, or however far from home and family and God you feel you have traveled, I testify that you have not traveled beyond the reach of divine love. It is not possible for you to sink lower than the infinite light of Christ's atonement shines. Mm. I love that so much. Like if Mm. you think you're someone who doesn't deserve grace, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. And rejoice in the fact that God is merciful and graceful. And if you don't think that, maybe like spend some time getting to know him more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're not making this up. Like this isn't. This isn't the scriptures, y'all. This isn't like a God that we've just created because it would be like ideal for us. Or because it would fit with our podcast. Yeah. Or or because it would be nice. Yeah. No, this is how he actually is. He really is. All the time. Yeah. And I'm sad because I think sometimes our culture has not painted him this way. Yeah. And I think he's probably sad about it because he's like, are you kidding me? Oh, I know he is. He's like, that's our, what, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, sorry, this is kind (sighs) of random. One time, I think it was in Disney World or something, I did those, like, character drawings mm-hmm. where people, like, draw you as whatever you want. And I wanted to be dr- um, drawn. Dr- drawn? Drawn? Yeah, okay, drawn. yeah. Drawn as a mermaid. And I was, like, sitting there and smiling. I was like, oh, I'm going to look so cool. Like, this is going to be awesome. And then he's like, okay, this is your, like, this is the drawing. He shows it to me. And my smile was, like, so crooked. My <laughs> lips looked terrible. My hair was weird. I was just like, is this how, that's how you think I look? Like, I was <laughs> offended. And my brother laughed. He's like, that's so ugly. <laughs> oh like, gosh. okay, thanks, bro. <laughs> like, you're you're too kind. I think sometimes we take our own pen and write our own story of who God is. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's already a story that exists through scriptures and prophets. And, and he's there. And he's perfect and he's graceful and sometimes we just get the wrong idea through Mm -hmm. our own thoughts of like who he think who we think he is and and sometimes we make up a version of him that satisfies perfectionism Mm. right we we come up with these versions of god because it is what perfectionism wants him to be and we've said this before one of the false idols we worship is perfection and sometimes in order to worship perfection and perfectionism we uh sacrifice who god really is right we we kind of we take who he really is and we change it to what we want it to be so then perfectionism is satisfied yeah because again perfectionism is there to protect us like it wants it it really if you're if you have a perfectionist mindset it's really at the root of it to protect yourself from from negative feelings and from other people seeing you as as a flawed person Mm-hmm. and sometimes we warp god to satisfy those needs and that's just not how he is no and thank heavens he's not yeah i'm kidding so he's a gift grace is a gift let's get into our takeaways takeaways all right number one we can't save ourselves no matter how many things we do right or how perfectly we act nope at all number two humble yourself and learn how to accept gifts Yes. Number three, give grace more of the spotlight. Spend time studying it and appreciating it. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't know, like, how to study grace, study Jesus Christ and his character. Because he be grace. Mm-hmm. Number four, don't give your mistakes more power than God and his grace. Ish. All right. That is all we have for you, you beautiful people. Yes. Please share rate us if you want rate some stars rate some, oh my gosh i will never <laughs> sorry, live that I'm down sorry. if you're just tuning into this episode that's how i said i don't even know how to say it normally that's why i said like you know when you give people stars like you rate you just rate them yep yeah, leave a review you yeah i got leave a rating is that how you <laughs> I give a rating i literally don't know why don't i know how to say these things you know what we're talking anyway, about anyway last episode i said it so horribly and now it's 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 with me forever but you Can't know what you're talking, it. what we're talking about. Yeah, so. follow us on socials. We pull some of our best quotes from these episodes and go more in depth with them. So mm-hmm. it's stuff that we don't have time to share on here. Yeah, uh, we also make some really great reels. We have Monday affirmations for yeah. you. So kind of cute. Yeah. So follow our Instagram. It's at Popping Perfectionism. That's where we're mostly active. DM us. We'd love to chat with you. Yeah. Have a beautiful day. Uh, my name is Anna. My name is Alicia. And, and this, this is Popping, Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.